The Italian Wine Podcast is introducing a new donation drive this month. It's called Why Am I a Fan? We are encouraging anyone who tunes in on a regular basis to send us your 10-second video on why you are a fan of our podcast network or a specific show. We will then share your thoughts with the world with the goal of garnering support for our donation drive. Italian Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs you in order to continue to receive awesome free wine edutainment seven days a week. We are asking our listeners to donate to the Italian Wine Podcast by clicking either the GoFundMe link or the Patreon link found on italianwinepodcast.com. Remember, if you sign up as a monthly donor on our Patreon, we will send you a free IWP t-shirt and a copy of the Wine Democracy book, the newest Mama Jumbo Shrimp publication. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today we travel to the Valpolicella Wine Hills to visit an historic and prestigious wine estate, the Fratelli Tedeschi Winery, and to meet my guest Sabrina Tedeschi, whose family have roots in the area dating back to 1630. It's a real pleasure to have you here with me today, Sabrina. How are you? And is it a beautiful autumn day in the Valpolicella? Yes, yes. It is a sunny day today. And uh, thank you so much for uh, the invitation. And uh, welcome to everybody to Valpolicella, uh, where uh, I am now. I am uh, in the classic area. Uh, I am uh, in uh, Pedemonte, where uh, our winery is. Okay, so we're in the Valpolicella Classica, and it's very important for our listeners to understand, I think, the historic uh, Valpolicella area, the Classica, because it's very different from the the extensive vineyards on the Pianura. Tell us a little bit, describe this area. It's very, very beautiful, the valleys that that extend down so that our, our listeners can understand why the wines from here are so special. Yes, uh, uh, Valpolicella today is uh, uh, a large area. Um, Valpolicella um, is um, a territory not far from uh, the city of Verona and developed in the north of Verona. And uh, Valpolicella is uh, more or less uh, 8,800 hectares and uh, is uh, divided uh, in three sub-regions. The classic area is uh, the western side of Valpolicella and uh, more or less uh, extends in uh, 4,000 hectares. Uh, And uh, it is uh, the historic area. Uh, And uh, it is uh, in the classic area, there are uh, five uh, different uh, communes. Uh, Then uh, there's a strip in the middle, uh, is a Valpantena area. And uh, it is about uh, 800 uh, hectares. And then uh, there's uh, the eastern uh, part of uh, Valpolicella, 
Uh, it is called just Valpolicella, and uh, it extends uh, more or less uh, 4,000 hectares. Tedeschi is uh, a producer, in, uh, um, an historic producer of uh, uh, Valpolicella Classica, but uh, we today, we own vineyards in the classic area and uh, in the eastern part of Valpolicella. But uh, you talk about uh, Valpolicella developer on the plain area and the inside area. And uh, the high quality wines uh, comes uh, especially from uh, inside area. And today Tedeschi own uh, 48 uh, hectares uh, and uh, 44 uh, are uh, in the inside area. For us, uh, uh, to us, uh, it is uh, very, very important because uh, we have a uh, different kind of a soil, uh, we have a different kind of a microclimate, and so uh, we, from the hillside area, uh, we can produce uh, wines uh, which are much more uh, character, complexity, richness, uh, uh, and flavors. It is the reason we have decided in the time to invest more and more in the hillside area. Okay, so that, that's giving our listeners a good picture of this historic area. These hills, very hilly with the valleys coming down and the, the dry stone walls separating vineyards because of keeping the integrity of the soil. Y- yes, uh, we, we own a... Uh, uh, we own a vineyards uh, between uh, 180 up to 500 meters. Uh, especially the highest vineyards uh, we own, uh, it is uh, in the classic area. It is uh, up to San Giorgio di Valpolicella. And, uh, but uh, the, the oldest vineyards uh, we own uh, is uh, Monte Olmi. From, uh, from the Monte Olmi, we produce uh, our uh, iconic uh, Amarone, Capitel Monte Olmi, one, uh, for sure, one of the first uh, uh, single vineyard wine and a crew wine, thanks uh, to the to our father that uh, who foresight uh, the potential of uh, this special uh, plot, uh, and uh, he started to vinify separately the grapes uh, from the Monte Olmi since uh, 1964, and uh, very very important, uh, he started to put the name of the vineyard on the label since. Uh, 1964 vintage, so quite unusual uh, because uh, in the in those period uh, we, uh, nobody talks about the terroir. Yes, that's a very very important point. In fact, Sabrina, I remember visiting your property more than 30 years ago when we were researching and writing our book, The Wine Roads of Italy, which was published in 1991, and I met with your father. Renzo, who is considered one of the pioneers in the renaissance of the wines of the Valpolicella. I remember him giving me something of a history lesson, explaining that that though the wines of Valpolicella had been known by the Romans and celebrated in the Middle Ages, that somehow in the last century, this great patrimony had been somewhat lost, and wines were being mainly sold svuzo from 54-liter demijohns to be delivered to the bars of Verona. And that was part of your family story as well, isn't it? Yeah, Yes, yes, yes. I remember uh, when uh, I was uh, very young, uh, part of our production uh, was uh, wine uh, in... Uh, uh, in a large uh, dungeon, 
and uh, we sold to in Verona area. But then, uh, year by year, our uh, our father started to contact uh, importers from different countries. So we started uh, for sure uh, in Switzerland in the seventy years in um, in Germany in UK, in the United States. And so we, we change the production into more quality uh, wines uh, in the time. And uh, today we produce uh, half million bottles of wines and we export 85%. But uh, yeah, I remember, I still remember when... Uh, our father uh, was alone uh, in the 70 years, uh, so he managed uh, the production, uh, the sales, uh, everything in the company. And uh, uh, I remember when uh, he was back from different uh, trips, uh, business trips, uh, uh, and uh, people uh, asked uh, to cancel the name uh, of Valpolicella on the labels because it was not so popular uh, in the 70 years. Uh, and they said, uh, I, I am from Valpolicella. I can do that. And, uh, it, it was, uh, the, the right, uh, direction. So he worked a lot together with, uh, uh many other producers, uh, historic producers of our region. And, uh, and, and today, uh, wines of our region are, uh, uh, much better popular uh, than uh, the pasta, especially, of course, uh, Amarone. But uh, my family is uh, working uh, quite hard uh, also on Valpolicella wines uh, because um, uh, our, our region uh, is uh, very special because uh, uh, same grape varieties, uh, the, Corvi- the, the mandatory varieties uh, are, uh, I remember, uh, you uh, are Corvina, Corvinone, Rondinella, and then some others, but uh, the three mandatory varieties uh, uh, are those. Uh, and uh, different vinification uh, we can produce uh, for uh, a different uh, appellation wise. Uh, Valpolicella, but Valpolicella can be Valpolicella Superiore. Then Valpolicella Ripasso, Amarone, Recioto. So I think it is uh, quite uh, unique. From the same vineyards, uh, we can produce uh, different wines. For sure today, the most popular, one of the iconic Italian wines is Amarone, definitely. Uh, but then also Valpolicella Ripasso is uh, well known. And I think uh, we are, uh, we are working uh, for, uh, for the Valpolicella Superiore, especially because uh, we have uh, to, to give um, a, a more, um, I think a more uh, character, uh, more presence. Uh, in the in the market uh, than uh, we did in the past. Okay, well, that's a really good overview of um, the range of wines that are produced in the Valpolicella Hills, but also um, you're um, telling the story of your family, how you have been pioneers in really raising the reputation, along with the other historic families, of Valpolicella from the classic zone, especially from the hill vineyards, so that it's now recognized around the world as one of the great Italian wines. Valpolicella, the straight Valley Policella for everyday drinking, but also, of course, the, the Ripasso and the Amarone and Ricciotto wines. Let's talk about one, one thing I wanted to ask you, Sabrina. 
You mentioned Capitel uh, Monteolmi, one of your iconic wines. Uh, what is a Capitel? Because I know you, you've named wines as Capitel. Yes, Capitel is um, a name we borrow from the tradition of our region. And uh, it is uh, the monument you can find uh, in the field, in the street, uh, dedicated to a saint or to the mother. And uh, was uh, built in the past uh, for protecting uh, uh, the crops uh, from the bad weather or even uh, uh, to separate uh, different uh, property in some, in some area. And so uh, our capital, it is uh, uh, the capital of, uh, dedicated to San Rocco. We have uh, in the main square of our village where we are. And, uh, at the beginning, we decided to, de- to put the Capitel brand in our uh, single vineyard label. But uh, decade by decade, uh, we can say now, the Capitel became uh, our brand, uh, our logo, together with uh, the family name. Okay, so these uh, are actual uh, little shrines in the vineyards marking yes. marking territories and and marking your your crew vineyards as well. Y- y- yes, yes, because uh, uh, we talk about the Monte Olmi, but the Monte Olmi introduce uh, uh, the philosophy uh, style uh, production of the family because after Monte Olmi Today, we have uh, other two single vineyards Amarone uh, because, uh, as I said, uh, we own a vineyard uh, in the hills uh, in different, uh, uh, at a different elevation, uh, at a different uh, exposure. And so we try to explain uh, the specific terroir in different labels. Uh, so not, not uh, a huge volume uh, for each label. So we have the Amarone La Fabrizeria and uh, in the east part of Valpolicella, we have the new Amarone Maternigo. And uh, not only Amarone crew, but uh, we produce also the Valpolicella crew. Valpolicella La Fabriseria in the class, from the classic area, and Valpolicella Maternigo from uh, the Easter property Maternigo. Okay, so... Um, that's very interesting to note that that uh, in Valpolicella now there's this expression of territory, which is very important, I think. Now, just as uh, to um, for our listeners who may not uh, know the wines of Valpolicella well, let's just speak about Amarone, this great wine, this really special wine of the Valpolicella, and uh, explain a little bit about the process of making Amarone. Yes, Amarone is a producer with the high-selected uh, grapes. So we we have to select the, the best bunches, the most healthy bunches of, uh, of the grapes. Uh, as I said, uh, the most important uh, Amarone is, uh, is from uh, his area. So it is important to select the grapes. It is important to select the vineyards because uh, it's not uh, possible to produce uh, Amarone uh, everywhere in Valpolicella. We harvest by, only by hand. We lay down uh, in the plastic crates, uh, just uh, one layer. And uh, uh, we dry grapes uh, for uh, three, four months. Uh, regarding the drying process, uh, today uh, we manage the process. I mean, uh, we don't force uh, nature, uh, but uh, we simply manage in terms of uh, 
humidity in terms of a ventilation. So we avoid uh, to the, the mold can develop on the grapes. It is very important uh, because in this way, we can keep freshness, fruitness of our original grapes. And then we can enjoy in the glass of wines at the end, this character. In the last two years, we started also to dry grapes at low temperature. So we can make a longer process, even if this year it is quite expensive because of the cost of energy. But it is important to have a quite long drying process because in the first part of the process, we just concentrate our grapes. In the second part of the process, we can produce the compound that give a complexity and richness then to the wines. Okay, so so this period of passimento, it goes on in Pedemonte or in the hills? Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. No, we have uh, uh, two different uh, uh, facilities, fruttaio, uh, we say fruttaio in Italian language, and uh, we have uh, one in Pedemonte, and uh, then uh, we have uh, another one in Maternigo Estates, uh, so in the eastern part, the the property we own in the eastern part. Uh, So this is in the hills, and uh, it is uh, always very ventilated, uh, this area, so it is perfect also for uh, the drying process. And uh, so the grapes uh, then are uh, uh, vinified usually uh, part uh, before uh, uh, Christmas, part uh, after Christmas time, so in the very cold uh, uh, period of the year. Uh, the grapes uh, start uh, with uh, a cold maceration, and then uh, fermentation starts uh, after uh, two weeks, uh, more or less. Uh, um, anyway, uh, the temperature uh, during the, the process uh, is uh, pretty low. And then uh, we have uh, to wait. Uh, we have uh, to wait uh, uh, two, three, uh, four years for the reserve because uh, our crew wines are, are also reserve. And uh, we age uh, in large barrels. Uh, we prefer uh, to age uh, in the large barrels. Slavonian oak. And then uh, once bottled, the wines are uh, as to age because uh, as to relax, to balance in the bottle for uh, one year before releasing in the market. So uh, a characteristic of Amarone, we have uh, to certify uh, the wines, but also we have uh, to certify the grapes uh, before uh, the vinification. So there's a double certification. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it, is, uh, it is important to control uh, the high quality of uh, the final wines. Okay, well, that's a great overview of, of Amarone as produced by the Tedeschi Winery, uh, producing some of the greatest examples. Now, Sabrina, let's turn to the gastronomy of Valpolicella. It's a great area for visitors to come and enjoy genuine and authentic foods paired with great wines. Tell us a little bit about what people enjoy eating where you are. We cook uh, 
everything with the marone. So we we enjoy the risotto with the marone, cooked with the marone. We braise the, the beef with the marone. Uh, so we can have a very soft uh, meat uh, with the cream uh, made uh, with the, the wine. Uh, and then uh, we are uh, we we cook also in our region uh, in Verona area. Uh, we have also the horse and uh, meat. Uh, other food uh, traditional food of our region are uh, tortellini from Valeggio. It is uh, uh, also a very famous uh, dish. And then yes, that with the cheese. Or a meat filling? Oh, both. Because uh, we have uh, some uh, different uh, uh, tortellini, depends on the season, because uh, the traditional are made uh, with uh, the meat. Okay. But uh, we have also some uh, vegetarian version. Uh, so with uh, today, uh, this, uh, this period of the year, is uh, uh, the great uh, tortell- tor- tortellini are made uh, with uh, pumpkin. Okay. Also. Or uh, with um, we have uh, some uh, some uh, made uh, with uh, some che- local cheeses uh, or spinach uh, and ricotta. There are many different uh, versions of uh, tortellini, and um, and then uh, uh, other uh, uh, another uh, local uh, food is a uh, um, uh, bollito uh, with the pera. Uh, I say it in Italian because it's a very local and traditional it, it is our sun, sunday lunch and so it is a uh, it is a pr- producer with a different piece of uh, meat uh, so the hen the beef the tongue boiled uh, meat and then with the broth we can prepare also the pera and pera is made uh, uh, with uh, grated uh, bread, uh, parmesan, and pepper, a lot of pepper. So it is a pepper sauce that uh, we are uh, used to eat uh, with uh, the, the bollito. So there are many different uh, yeah, foods. That sounds wonderful, the pera. So that's a Sunday lunch in the in Verona as well as in Valpolicella. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, it is very traditional uh, because... Uh, uh, of course, uh, it is a, a winter, uh, uh, a winter food uh, because uh, in the summer, <laughs> some somebody eats also in the summer, uh, not me. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> what would be the best wine to have with Pera? Uh, I think uh, uh, Amarone because uh, there's a uh, oh, oh, ripasso as well, but uh, okay. also Amarone because uh, there's a uh, uh, this. Um, Pepper notes pair very well with the spiciness also of the amarone and also the softness character of the amarone because of the raisin character of the wine. Right, yes. Now, what about um, some of the dolci uh, in the area? Because I want to mention one other special wine that you've touched on as well which is Reciotto. Re- Reciotto, yes. It is the father of uh, all wines uh, because uh, in the past uh, when uh, Roman, Roman people arrive uh, in the region, uh, they introduced uh, the sweet style of okay. wines, uh, so the Reciotto. And um, in Verona, uh, we have uh, the Christmas cake. It is uh, the Pandoro. It is very traditional. But also another uh, 
traditional uh, cake it is uh, is called sabbiosa and sabbiosa uh, is uh, a sort of a butter cake and uh, it it pair very very well uh, with uh, with the ricotta okay um, and then from uh, from Villa Franca we have a spogliatine is a sort of um, butter butter biscuits also perfect uh, with the ricotta somebody uh, producer with uh, in the dough uh, they put uh, some ricotta so uh, it is um, another uh, typical uh, cake uh, of the region okay that's great with a beautiful sweet wine made from the dried grapes as well now sabrina you're currently president of one of my very favorite places in the world the antica bottega del vino which is owned by the historic family group of producers tell us a little bit about this very special place yeah, Bottega del, Antica Bottega del Vino it was bought uh, by our association, uh, Famiglie Storiche, Historic Families, uh, in uh, 2010, a few months uh, after Bottega del Vino closed. And uh, it is a sort of a monument for Verona. Uh, it is uh, Antica Bottega del Vino, it is a restaurant, but... Uh, it is a, a a place where people go there for a toast with a, a glass of wines. Uh, there's a, a huge selection of wines uh, in the in the in this restaurant, but uh, it is uh, interesting because uh, every day you can enjoy a, a huge selection of wines by the glass. Yes, it's a very special place, and in, and also. It's somewhere somebody could enjoy a risotto alla marone, for example. Yes, uh, and uh, it is a very friendly place. It is, uh, I, I, I think, uh, it is a, a you can enjoy a good risotto alla marone, and that there are uh, some uh, some other uh, uh, traditional food uh, like uh, the, the the beef cooked uh, with the marone. Uh, so you can find a very traditional uh, dish of Verona, but also you can find uh, uh, some uh, uh, special dish of uh, uh, of the restaurants, uh, like the the like the gallina is a must in uh, in the restaurant, uh, together uh, of course uh, with uh, other uh, dish cooked uh, with uh, with the wines. Yes, always very friendly, always lots of people there. Yes, uh, yes. Uh. Now, Sabrina, my final question, can our listeners visit the Tedeschi Winery and what wine hospitality do you offer uh, for visitors? Oh, yes, uh, you are uh, more than welcome. And uh, we offer, uh, we have a different proposal uh, from uh, the uh, the most uh, classic, uh, traditional uh, uh, visit uh, with uh, the visit of the winery and uh, the tasting uh, of uh, the the most important uh, appellation we we have. Uh, um, uh, but then we have uh, some other specific uh, visits, uh, so people uh, can choose uh, uh, the tasting uh, of uh, some old vintages because uh, we have a library of uh, of uh, wines uh, of uh, different vintages. And uh, it is interesting for uh, for consumer for wine lovers 
to, to know how Amarone can develop uh, in the time. It is an a, a interesting experience. And then uh, we have uh, another proposal. Uh, people can uh, come and uh, they can uh, taste uh, the different uh, single vineyard wines we have. And uh, there's uh, uh, we can suggest uh, the tasting uh, with the pairing with the pairings of uh, some uh, a selection of uh, cheeses, uh, a special uh, selection of uh, cheeses uh, of uh, of uh, the region. And then uh, we like a lot. Uh, we we suggest also some tours. Uh, we go in the vineyard uh, and uh, we open uh, the bottle of wines uh, we produce uh, from uh, the specific vineyard uh, with our customer. It is a quite a uh, unique experience because uh, we bring back uh, into the into the vineyard uh, the wines uh, and uh, we can share uh, with uh, the the wine lovers. And um, of course, uh, this experience uh, is better. Uh, in the spring, uh, during the summer, uh, in uh, uh, early autumn, uh, winter, even if uh, some people like uh, to come also for the winter time, uh, but um, of course uh, it is uh, colder yes. uh, to go to go in the in the heat, in the high hill uh, because uh, sometimes uh, it is uh, very very windy at uh, 500 meters above sea level. Yes, I can imagine. In fact, that sounds so appealing for wine lovers to actually stand in a vineyard amongst the vines, tasting the wine and understanding the the terroir and and where yes, a wine uh, comes from. So I hope some of our listeners will make their way to Pedemonte and visit the Tedeschi Winery. Sabrina, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you this morning, reacquainting myself with the Tedeschi family story and learning about your wines and about food and life in the Valpolicella. So thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you so much. Also on behalf of uh, my brother Ricardo is uh, the winemaker and my sister Antonietta. We are uh, we talk about the family and uh, we are working uh, uh, together today uh, with our father. Uh, our father is uh, uh, today is uh, uh, 89 years old, but uh, uh, it is uh, always uh, in the wineries to welcome you if uh, you decide to visit uh, us. It is uh, our pleasure. Uh, many thanks. Well, I hope I can visit you again, and I would love to uh, to meet you and your family and, and to say hello again to your father, who was very welcoming to me many years ago. So thank you, Sabrina. I hope to see you a presto. Grazie mille. My pleasure. Grazie. Ciao a tutti. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.